You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. So good to have you. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. On today's episode, I'm going to play a recording of a message I gave at Will Road's Church a couple weeks ago. Uh, we are currently in the middle of our summer of identity, where we are really hitting home the idea of our kingdom identity, wanting to get people rooted and grounded in who they are, knowing, believing, understanding that they are children of the King. So important for us. And I got the privilege of uh, preaching a message at Will Rhodes a couple weeks ago, and we're going to hear that today. I thought it went well and just wanting to keep that summer of identity going. want to kind of take advantage of this platform here and be able to get a message out that is really on my heart. Hope you guys enjoy and are blessed. I believe you will be. Want to run down real quick, man. If you're listening to this on an iPhone, you're probably listening to it on Apple Podcasts. That's awesome. If so, if that's true, give us a rate and a review right now. Do it and then share it with a friend. There are also many options for Android users, including Google Podcasts. You can find us on there. Give Google Podcasts a whirl. You can also find us on Spotify, on YouTube, The Kingdom Bringer Podcast. If you're listening to me, please share it with your friends and give us a rate and a review. That'd be so kind of you. Thank you so much. It really does mean a lot to hear from you. So you are also free and welcome to email us at thekingdombringers.com at gmail.com. And if you have a question for me, if you have a comment about the show, I'd love to hear from you. Plus, I'd like to have your email for the mailing list for kingdombringer.com. Have you checked it out yet? I have the blog on there that I haven't been doing as frequently as I would like. I haven't been doing it as frequently as my wife is suggesting that I do it. She's a very big supporter of my writing. And for some reason, I just haven't put a whole lot of effort into that and I want to. So please pray for me. I want to put more effort into my writing for sure. So check it out at kingdombringer.com. I think I have eight uh, blog posts up right now. You can also get easy access to the podcast there on the podcast page. Simple way to share that with your friends as well. So do that kingdombringer.com. I think that's it. Man, I love you guys so much. I hope you're blessed by this message of identity. Your true identity is what God says it is. Know it and believe it. Walk in that. Love you guys. Here we go. Amen. Did you give it up for Dan? Like, for real, I need them. 
We love your hat, Darren. Do it, Lord. Do it. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Lord. It's still gone. I can do it. I can do it. I totally have my notes right here. He took them away. He took them away. Now it's time to pray. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit, without you, I am this. Thank you, Father. Thank you for a real representation of who you are right now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Turn into your notes. This would be cool. No, no, I got, I got those. Whoever got my notes handed out to you, what's the first thing on there? Just kidding. Okay. Man, I had a, uh, I really like Scotty's wrestling thing. What was the, uh, Jacob. Jacob, yeah, yeah. He was wrestling with something that, like, would bless him, right? I heard the Lord say, like, stop wrestling with things that aren't going to bless you. Like, how many times do we wrestle? Like, I've said that. I'm just wrestling with this. I'm just wrestling with this addiction or wrestling with this issue. Stop wrestling with it. It's not going to bless you. Yeah, yeah. That was good. That was good. Why do I keep filling with notes that aren't there? I believe in the importance of us knowing who we are. You guys agree with that? Can you go to that first slide, the next slide? A good tree produces good fruit. Amen? Amen? That's kind of the theme behind what we're laying out here this summer, is that a good tree produces good fruit. One thing that's important for us to understand is that that tree, and I've heard Dan Moeller give this analogy, and I love it, that an apple tree doesn't sit there and go, like, try really hard to produce an apple. It just doesn't, right? Yeah. Like, it knows what it is. And so for us to produce fruit in our lives, we need to know what we are, right? We need to know who we are. So we can talk about fruit all day long, but the foundation there is the identity, right? Because a good tree, identified as a good tree, produces good fruit, amen? One thing that I think is also important, I love going back to the beginning to find out what God's design was for us. Because we can talk about identity also all day long and put our own little definitions on it. Yeah. But God defined who we are. Like he gave us our identity in the beginning. Yeah. Right? So we're going to read some word. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah. I don't need no notes. I don't need no notes. You know what's really cool is this is the message of my heart. This is what woke me up to the kingdom. Was the message of identity, like really learning who I was, learning and believing that I was more than just sitting in a pew every single Sunday, that there had to be so much more to it than that. Like when you hear about the gospel being the good news, is this it? Is this all it is? Because I can fake rejoice over that all day long. But there's got to be more than that, right? And when you know who you are, when you know your identity in the kingdom, it awakens a whole lot of things that were meant to be there from the very beginning. Okay? So, 
We got up here on the screen, Genesis 1, 26. I just love this passage of scripture. I love realizing what God's intention was from the very beginning. Read with me. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. He's talking to who up there? To triune God, right? To try, it was like community in the very beginning. There's a we in the very beginning, right? Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image, and I love this too, repetitive language. He wants us to understand this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Hold on, wait a minute. Then God, what? Blessed. Blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish and the sea, the birds and the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Amen. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed. Is that, am I still going? Good? Okay, sorry. I got this whole section underlined, so if I had my notes, I wouldn't know. <laughs> then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that and that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and he said, it was very good. Yeah. Did you guys know that you're a part of that very good language? Yes. Yeah. He created you what? In his very image. Good. He must value that a lot. I'm guessing God appreciates his own image. Mm -hmm. You think? Yeah. I believe. I believe that to be true. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus That was the intention That was the purpose That was the design that God had And then he goes in to talking about Like the garden And then he made all this luscious stuff And in the middle of the garden there were what? There were two trees The tree of what? Life And the tree of what? The knowledge of good and evil God never even And then that's the tree The tree of the knowledge of good and evil I'm going through this fast Are you guys okay with that? This is like foundational stuff, I believe, for our identity. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were not supposed to eat from it, or what? They will surely die, right? They will surely die if they eat from the tree of knowledge. They were never intended to have knowledge of evil. They were never intended to have knowledge of evil. Is that the world we live in? <laughs> it's not. That's why we are from another world, amen? Amen. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay. We're going to go to, I don't know if I have this one on there, Jay. Yeah, uh, what is it? Genesis 3 is the next one. Perfect, that's the one. Okay. Genesis 3. This is where man fell into a little identity crisis. Identity crisis. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree, from any of the trees in the garden? Is that what he said? Is that what God said? 
No. Let's not eat from any tree in the garden. Nope. I wonder if the enemy knew that. Yeah. I don't think the enemy doesn't know the truth, right? Satan knows the truth, right? He just puts stuff out there sometimes. Of course we may eat from any of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat or even touch it. Is that what he said? No. You must not eat from any from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this is the enemy. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that you will, that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. I thought we were made in his image. Didn't we already carry the likeness of God? Does the enemy know that? Does Satan know that we were created in the image of God? Is he putting seeds of doubt in our head? In this next part, the woman was convinced. The woman was convinced. She got convinced by the enemy that her identity was something that it wasn't. How many times does that happen in our lives? How many times are we wrestling around with things that aren't going to bless us? How many times do we get into a conversation with the enemy? Are we supposed to be in a conversation with, with the devil? He knows his position. He knows that he is finished. And he, he, he sheds seeds of doubt. Identity crisis. He wants us to be in a place of identity crisis. So that little, that little story right there sounds eerily similar to one in Matthew 4. I wanna, the whole thing's not up there. You can turn with me if you want. You can write this down. Uh, Matthew 4, <coughs> 1 through 11. I'm going to read it. I want you guys to hear the same kind of language. First Adam... Second Adam. First Adam, second Adam. The enemy was the same. First Adam, second Adam. The temptation of Jesus. You guys know Jesus got baptized. He comes out and the Lord says what when he comes out of the water? This is my son with whom I am well pleased. What's the, what's the word there? This is my son. God was identifying him, giving him an identity. Amen? What's his identity? God's son, loved, right? Well-pleased. That's an identity that the Lord spoke over him. You guys know the voice sounded from heaven? His identity was given to him. And it says he came out of the water, was identified, and was led straight to the wilderness to be tempted. Sometimes when you know who you are, you're going to walk right into what? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil, the serpent, the shrewdest of all animals, came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, who is he? He's the Son of God. He was identified by the, the Heavenly Father. Amen. If you are the son of God, here's a seed of doubt. Tell these stones to become bread. And I want you to hear, you may have thought that Jesus was getting into a conversation with him. He wasn't. He was speaking God's word. That's it. Yeah. Hmm. 
He wasn't getting into some conversation here of like allowing that seed of doubt to fester and become something. It was God's word that he spoke back. And he says, no, the scriptures say, actually, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Boom. <laughs> then the devil took him to a holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, maybe there's some doubt there. If you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. So the enemy knows the word of God. Right? He will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, well, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. So next, the devil, scoundrel. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. What does he say next? Get out of here, Satan. This conversation's done. Get out of here, Satan. For the scriptures say you must not you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. Does that sound very similar to that garden scene? One handled correctly and one handled not so well. Right? When you're identified by the king, you know who you are. You've been identified. Amen? Yeah. You've been identified. And I want you to hear here, I want you to hear to the enemy's language. What does he do? He takes him up to places that he can see. He takes him to all these things and shows him all these things that he can have. I wrote a blog the other day about uh, the kingdom fruit is meant to be tasted, not just looked at. Yeah. Kingdom fruit is meant to be tasted, not just looked at. What does he say? Taste of this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Because the enemy can take good kingdom fruit that's produced in your life and he can counterfeit it to make it look yep. like it's good fruit. Yeah. But when you taste it, you realize there's no blessing in it. Yeah. Right? When you taste the, the counterfeit fruit, you realize there's no blessing in it. Yeah. And it doesn't take long, but it can be a whole life of wreck. It can be a whole life of wreckage if you don't recognize the counterfeit from the kingdom fruit. The kingdom fruit that is produced when you know who you are is meant to be tasted. That means we're meant to be in relationship with people. They can come and can taste the fruit that God is producing in our lives. Does that make sense? The enemy wants to take you to a high place and show you all the things. Just look at them. Look at all the stuff that I can give you. Look at all the stuff that you can have. And it makes, our, it makes our minds go a certain direction. You realize he was trying to attack Eve's mind? He was going after her mind. He, went, he tried to go after Jesus' mind. Was that going to work? You know, you have the mind of Christ. The same rock-solid mind that Jesus had in, the, in that moment, we have that same mind. Jesus. This is, this is fun, actually. Where you want to go? You guys know that you've been... <laughs> That's good. Jesus, 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 Jesus. 
know who you are, you will produce fruit. When you know who you are, you will produce fruit. An apple tree doesn't have to think about what it is. It knows what it is, and it produces apples. Amen? So sin came into the picture through that first story, right? That's when sin entered the picture. Disobedience brought forth sin for all of mankind, right? And so from that point on, man has been, had been in this place where they had to do things to make themselves righteous, like make altars, build giant altars, actually sacrificing their babies on these altars, thinking that was going to make them right with God. Is that right? Is that what happened? Yeah, all the way through, it's still going on today. We're not going to go there. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus came. The Lord sent Jesus to make right what was wrong. God saw that his people were in an identity crisis, not knowing who they were. And he sent Jesus to redeem them. Does this word say that he's the redeemer? What's that mean when something is redeemed? When something is restored? Back to its what? Original value, right? Back to its original value. You have been redeemed. You have been restored. Have you been redeemed? Have you been restored? Do you feel like it? Sometimes do you not feel like it? But have you been redeemed? What's the enemy going after there? He can't touch your true value. He can't touch your true identity. He can't. It's been spoken. The same God that said, let there be light, said you are redeemed. Said you are restored. Said I'm going to create them in my image. An image that can't be touched. It can't be touched. So we can live under under the slavery of sin. Jesus came to restore us back to our created value in that garden. Do you realize that in the garden was God's perfect design for love? It was him, it was us, and it was a choice. Right? You have to have all three of those things for it to be perfect love. I can't love my wife if I've got her tied up in a basement forcing her to be married to me. That's not love, is it? But that's how we are to sin. We're tied to it. Christ came to untie us, and we can stay locked up in that basement if we so desire. Like in the garden was a choice to be made. He said, don't eat of that, but man, everything else all of this freedom and there's a seed of doubt a seed of doubt made their identity maybe maybe yeah maybe that is maybe I'm not really created in God's image I need to do this I need to eat this fruit so that I can be in his image God said I'm going to create them what in my image your value is defined I believe by three things one of them is who God says you are. Who God says you are is your value. There's all kinds of things, and we're going to get into that here at the end. Scriptural basis things that we can declare over our lives believing who we are. The other thing is who God is. 
Is he good? Yeah. Sometimes we don't believe he's good. Is he good? Yeah. God is good. If we don't have that like pre-undetermined yeah. thing down, our identity can go all over the place. Yeah. He's good. He's just good. God is good. And the word says that he doesn't lie and he doesn't change his mind. So who I am, knowing who I am, I know my value. Knowing who God is, he doesn't change his mind when he says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He doesn't change his mind. Right? Right? Okay, those two things. The other thing that determines our value is the price that is willing to be paid for it. A car is only worth as much as somebody wants to buy it for, right? Does that make sense? You are only worth as much as Christ was willing to pay for. What did he pay? His whole entire life. I like the phrase that heaven was like bankrupt. God bankrupt heaven so that you could understand your created identity. And I believe that the kingdom of God is a matter of like subtraction, not necessarily addition. Our core, our core value, who we are, has already been determined. And there are so many things in our lives that try to speak a word greater than that value. There are so many things that if we could just cut those things out, I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about sin. That sin issue was dealt with. The sin issue was dealt with. Now it's a matter of walking in my true identity. Like, the sin issue has been dealt with. Do we believe that when Jesus died on the cross, it was so that I could stop looking at porn more? Do we believe that when Jesus died on the cross, it was so I would maybe talk a little better to my wife every now and then? He died on the cross to set me free from sin and into something else. And that word restoration means back to my created value. So we either have to believe that and understand it and walk in that, or allow the world to continue to speak things over my life. Usually he's a liar and a deceiver. The king and the prince of the world is a liar and a deceiver. And both of those instances that we read in the beginning and with Jesus was a lie. He was scheming. He did not want Eve and Adam to know who they were. And he wanted to stop it before it became what it is today. And when Jesus came, he wanted, Je he wanted Jesus to forget who he was. I kind of wonder if he really, he's like, I don't think this is going to work, but I'm going to give it a shot. The guy's hungry, and he's tired, and he's physically worn down. I'm going to go after him. Because we do that, right? When we start living by our head, when we start living by what we know, what's this word say about knowledge? It says there's a way that seems right to a man, but what? It leads to death. And in that garden, open the door to death. Do you realize that was never God's design? Death was never God's design. When they sinned, death entered the picture. Death entered the picture. 
and there's a way that seems right, that fruit, it seems right, that makes sense, and it led right to death and destruction. And we experience that same stuff today. There's those temptations today to live by our head and not by our heart. You know our hearts are core, and that's what he cares about. He says man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at what? Heart. That's what he cares about. And our heart can take us places that our head's not going to fit. Our heart can take us places that our head doesn't fit. Because if we go by this, we're only going to go by what we see, which is exactly what the enemy tries to do. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that person over there. They're, they're ugly and they're really uh, obnoxious and they're really uh, prideful. When in fact, they just know who they are and they're like confident. But the counterfeit of confidence is pride and arrogance. Does that make sense? So he, he raises up pride and arrogance so that people are afraid of bold and confident people. He does it all the time. It's a counterfeit. And, it's, and so what happens is we're afraid of that bold and confident person because we've been burned by a prideful, arrogant person. Yes. And so the enemy tries to add things. The kingdom is about subtraction. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The enemy wants to add things to it. The gospel is actually simple, Peter said. You know, it's like an amazing revelation, but it's it's simple. We've got kids sitting in here because it's simple. They can get this. Do you realize that? Kids can understand I'm loved by God. I guess I'm going to walk a little differently because I'm loved by God. But we've got kids that are wondering who they are experimenting with this and experimenting with that cutting their life way too short way too short because they don't know who they are and I'm not getting on them I'm saying it's our job as the church to prophesy over people's lives and pull out the goodness in them it's our job as the church to prophesy and to pull out the gold in people's lives so they know who they are that's why identity is so important in this place. Yeah. It's so important in this region. Yeah. I have a heart for the church. I have a heart for Christians who sit in a pew and think this is it. It's not it. I promise. And there's so much more than this. One of my core values for the prophetic <coughs> ministry is that everybody is valuable. If I, if I don't believe that in my heart, how can I speak to somebody and pull out value? I should be able to speak to any person that I'm in front of and pull out the goodness yeah. in them. Yeah. Believing they were created in God's image. Yeah. Believing that they have been restored by the blood of the Lamb. And they can overcome by the word of our testimony. Yeah. You are valuable. You are valuable. The world, the enemy is going, he's going to speak different than that. Anytime there's a thing that rises up in you that makes you believe you're not valuable, it's not true. Can we get to a place where we just discern a lie from truth? He's a liar and a deceiver. Do we believe that? Do we believe that if, if there's goodness in my heart and if I'm valuable and that Jesus paid an amazing price, 
that I'm valuable. How many times we walk around, I don't have any value. I don't have anything for the world. I don't have anything for the community around me. I don't have, you have the kingdom living inside of you. And you're valuable. Raise your hand if you believe me that you're valuable. You're valuable. You're so wanted by him. He wants you like crazy. You are his son. You are his daughter. He is so pleased with you. He's so pleased with you. The enemy's going to speak a different word. And I really believe that this is easy for us to be able to discern a lie from truth. Are we raising kids to believe truth or believe lies? To speak truth or speak lies? We'll spank our kids for telling a lie. Because we say, you know better. Right? (coughs) You know better. You, 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 me, we know better. We know truth from lies. We are valuable. We are special. Man, I had a good thing to end with and I had it written down. (laughs) I did. It was good. This ending was going to get you saved. I want you guys to stand up. I want you to grab that sheet if you've got a sheet. I want you to close your eyes. If you can't read, your eyes closed. Hey, look what I found. It has been established. We're going to declare things right now. What you're holding in your hand is kind of homework. You can take that home with you. And I want you to know that the answer and the solution to these lies, to these issues, to these temptations, is to know who I am. Say it with me. Say, know who I am. That's your answer and your solution, is to know who I am. Am. Say it again. Say, know who I am. And so when I ask a question, I want you guys to say with me, know who I am. Does that make sense? This is fun. This is declaration. You know that our voices mean something? We said it before that what goes in your head goes down to your heart, comes out of your mouth. We're going to speak these out because it's truth. And you're rooted and grounded in truth. Amen? Close your eyes with me and declare, know who I am, to the answers to these questions. How do we fight the lies of the enemy? Know who I am. How do we get demons to flee? Know who I am. How do we get sickness to leave? Know who I am. How do we better parent my kids? Know who I am. How do we better love our spouse? Know who I am. How do we walk in authority? Know who I am. How do we walk in confidence? Know who I am. How do we walk in love? Know who I am. How do I look like Jesus? Know who I am. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us permission to take on the identity that you have given us. You have given us full and complete permission to take that identity and to believe that it's mine. It's my identity, and I know who I am. And I thank you, Father, that you encouraged us and you commissioned us to walk boldly, to walk confidently, to walk with authority, to cast out fear with perfect love by simply knowing who we are. We are your kids. You are our daddy. We are co-heirs with Christ on the throne right now. We are co-heirs with Christ. And if I know who I am, demons are going to flee. Marriage is going to be restored. Kids are going to come home. If I know who I am. We thank you, Father, that you have given us an identity. We believe it this morning. We cling to it this morning. And we discern the lies from the enemy for what they are. Not your word. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.